So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today Miss H and I will be discussing the season nine tell all part two of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Bilal and Shida can't decide who wanted babies. Thais wants Patrick to stand up to John like Jabri did. Jabri keeps lashing out at basically everyone. We don't get to find out what Emily's dad's gift to Kobe was. We hear about Ari and Benny's long-distance marriage. And we get a post-tell-all shocker from Eva Muhammad. Since this is the last episode of the season, we'll end with our power rankings of the main cast. If you like what you hear, please give us a 5-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK. We'll be covering this season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you doing? Uh, back at work, man. It sucks. <laughs> Living that work life. I know. Living that work life. And this is this is honestly probably one of my least favorite weeks of the entire school year is this in-service week that I have. It's just compliance meeting, compliance meeting, compliance meeting, policy meetings. And then like I perk up a lot once the students actually get there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why I like this job. Right. This is why I do this. (laughs) You just reminded me of all this online training (laughs) that I have to. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Oh, geez. All right. Well, you know who could use some online training is uh, Jabri, oh, um, especially especially because we pick off – we start off the whole tell-all, second part of the tell-all, starts off right where it left off last time. And really, technically, it's about Patrick and Thais, but it kind of turns into the Jabri show. Mm. So we said that we pick it up, we left off. Jabri and John are trying to have a go at each other. And honestly, in my opinion, John's getting the better of it. Jabri can't imagine John not being sad and just playing video games alone, which he mentions multiple times. But uh, John kind of thinks that's living the dream. So he's like, whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then Sean breaks in to ask if Jabri's impression of John is accurate. Like, is he lonely and sad? Is he too involved? So Pat says that he thinks John gives them plenty of space, but Thais thinks, um, you know, he volunteers his opinion too much. So they say he he tries to be nice and cordial, but he's just a he's just he says this. You know, I want to be cordial, but I'm a combative person, just like Sparkles over here. So Pat says it's definitely more on John that he and Thais are always at odds, but. I don't know. They as soon as they say it's time for a commercial break, like John and Pat get up and give each other a big hug. So we kind of go to Kenny and Tim, who both agree that, you know, John has and I agree with this extremely strong uncle energy. (laughs) And on the way to the green room, John says that Jabri is just soft and he likes to dish it out, but can't take it. Jabri thinks that John Jabri just thinks that John's a dickhead. Um, and doesn't want to be in a room with him. But, of course, production makes them go into a green room together anyway. So it seems like everybody else is chatting about Pat's business. And production comes back in to get everybody back on stage. And Jabri refuses. He says he won't he won't go on and film if John's going to be there. And if John is there and if John is up there, that Jabri is going to be ending end up knocking him out. So John is like, that's not how this story ends. Especially after he already saw Jabri fight David earlier in the season. So Jabri says he doesn't want it to escalate to that point. But John tells him, if you're going to bring it, you got to take it. 
there's some more back and forth and eventually Emily is like kind of steps in to be like, you guys are ruining everything. So they do go back on stage, but Kenny um, wants to talk and stop. So Kenny and Tim go talk to John in the dressing room. So they get some of the same recap about Jabri and then kind of recapping the stuff we already saw. But, you know, they ask him about what he thinks about Pat and Thais. And he's like, well, you know, I was skeptical at first, but after I saw them together, he could tell that it's real. Um, so he just, you know, they both seem to think he's a good dude and want to have a beer with him. So back on stage, Jabri is trying to make nice with Pat and Thais and keeps saying that he respects Pat. I really respect you, bro. Mm. But Thais makes a comment that, you know, he's just doing – he's just standing up for her like Pat wouldn't do. So Sabri just says if it wasn't for the respect he has for them, he would have knocked John's ass out already. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the other thing too is uh, uh, he can't read the room, right? And we'll kind yeah. of uh, come back. Patrick would kick the shit out of him if he attacked John, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure like he Pat would, would be not, involved. Pat would not like, sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to let this guy attack my brother. He would join in and fight the guy who's trying to fight his brother. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so at this point, Bilal tries to like intervene and cut, tries to be the Jabri Whisperer. Um, but Sean officially starts things off again and kind of asks, what happened backstage? So Jabri says he couldn't take seeing John, quote, bully Thais. And uh, it seems like Thais agrees that it's kind of bullying. But he says that it took him back to like his young days in South Dakota, how people used to bully him for being different. He claims that John was being belligerent and disrespectful. Then Kara comes out of nowhere, didn't expect to hear from her, and asks Pat if he's bothered that Jabri called his brother trailer trash during this whole rant. And Patrick <laughs> says, nothing. So Jab- And then Jabri keeps ranting about like, you're so toxic. You're not my relationship t- starting five. I'm going to bench you and blah, 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 blah. Um, because obviously what's most important here is where people are on Jibri's personal person, right? People rankings. So Thais says she wishes that Pat would say something more and Kobe and Guillermo both say, yeah, you probably should say something more. But Pat says it's an awkward situation he's put in where everyone expects him to just tell off the older brother that helped raise him. And it's not like Jibri punked his mom, but you know, then he's like, who's different? She put in the work, but I don't know. Pat also admits, admits you're not going to get John to lay off by attacking him. It's not that's not going to work. Right. So Sean asks if his way is effective, and Pat says, oh, "I don't know. It's the best I can do." And then they kind of move on from there. So it was just kind of a shit show of all everybody yelling at each other all the time. Yeah. Um, but like my question is, does Jabri know what a joke is? Because I don't think he does. <laughs> no, I don't really understand Jabri's whole, like, how he sees himself in this, right? No. Like, he doesn't seem to think that he is being a bully at all. He's the instigator of most of the conflict that was happening between people, like, on site that wasn't based on anything prior. You know, because there was other conflicts, but it was usually based on something that had happened Oh, sure, sure, sure. We have. Usually that's why they bring the people on stage so they can rehash their conflicts. Sure. Right. But Jabri is like creating all kinds of random conflict for like no reason. And he's like picking on almost everyone. And I thought it was very weird. Oh, hold on. Can I correct that? Can I correct that? He's picking on almost every girl. Oh, interesting. Well, no, he didn't really pick on Thais at all. No, but but besides John, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He went after Ari. He didn't like what Shida had to say. Yeah. He does it, I don't think he kind of shies away from from Emily, but she uh-huh. doesn't like him at all. Oh, like, right. 
right? He, he, I think he said that Carol was controlling at some point. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that because him, his conflict with John was kind of the biggest thing. Sure. But yeah. it's just, I, what is he trying to do? Like, why are you jumping into their situation? Why is what John does have anything to do with you and he sees it as like well i'm sticking up for tice because patrick isn't doing it well then why are you sucking up to pat yeah i don't under- uh, yeah and then he's sucking up like, i respect you so much like, I, I don't understand like his entire way of being because he also strikes me as the guy who just like that's why i asked you about the joke thing who does not understand how people relate to each other at all and yeah. it makes me kind of wonder if when he was quote unquote being bullied in South Dakota, if he was not being bullied at all and people were just trying to, you know, joshing him about his outfit and he's like, you guys are all such bullies and I could. And it just like overreacted and tried to right. knock people out for that. And it's like, dude, you know, cause he seems like the kind of person who would see two guys like play fighting. Cause that's what guys do sometimes, especially when they're younger, right? Play fighting, like smacking each other in the head or whatever and step in and like really shove one of the guys back. You leave him alone. You're like, what? Who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really even know what's going on. I don't even know what he's getting on John's case about other than his perceived uh, perception of John being an alcoholic. And even John kind of defends himself later saying, I don't know what he's talking about. I've been up really early. I haven't had a drink at all today. You know, and mm-hmm. kind of saying, yeah, usually I have a couple beers a day, which arguably could be, you know, heading toward alcoholic That's, by, yeah, you know, yeah, some depending definition. On, depending on some some people's standards, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, it's like he can live without it. He came to the show, like, not drunk. I don't understand why Jabri, like, instantly attacked him for being drunk. Right. And it's just like. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is Jabri, and we'll come back to it with when we get to some of the other couples, just instantly is like, you're going to be lonely. That's how you're – that's your, like, my curse of you is you're not going to work and you're going to be alone. And like, like he just is projecting so hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, like that's got – that's clearly his biggest fear. And so when he wants to like really try to get under somebody's skin, that's what he tells them. Like you're going to be alone. Yeah. Well, you know, someone who's not as bothered by Jabri, even though Jabri clearly attacked them, is Ari. So uh, we get an update on them. Avi, their son, is doing well and uh, making a lot of milestones. Uh, Meanwhile, Benny has been spending a lot of time in Las Vegas. He's there to train for his MMA stuff, and he appreciates the large Ethiopian community there, so he likes to spend his time in Vegas. Ari isn't surprised Benny likes Vegas, but it's not really her thing. Jabri then repeats that this relationship ain't gonna last, and Shida tries to stick up for Ari and Benny and says to not talk on their relationship and to just stay positive. Jabri then directs all of this energy towards Bilal and Shida. Uh, he says that they're not gonna point work out either. He doesn't feel their energy, and he says that he's usually right. Jabri thinks that Ari and Benny could make it if Ari was more supportive. Arya agrees that Vegas is a better fit for Binyam, and she's okay with having more freedom and living separate part-time. Arya says she really doesn't care 
uh, she really does care, which is why she gets jealous about things like we saw this season. Ari says she was recently in Ethiopia for three months with Avi to volunteer since there are wars happening there. Vinny stayed at home because Ari was only supposed to be gone for a week. But even though she was gone for three months, he said that he did miss them a lot. Ari was worried about being abandoned, so she preemptively blocked Benny on WhatsApp, but that was more so so she wouldn't be messaging him all the time. She didn't think that he would actually notice. Everyone thinks it's weird that Ari blocked him. Benny didn't know he was blocked and just assumed that there was probably technical problems and that, you know, his messages weren't being delivered for another reason other than being blocked. At one point, Jabri makes fun of Benny stammering, and Ari stands up for Benny, saying that Jabri is bullying them, and Jabri claims to not be making fun of that. Uh, this was during the segment where uh, Benny was talking about breastfeeding. So we revisit the clip where Ari gets wine thrown in her face, and Benny calls with uh, Benny has a call with his sisters after the fact. Everybody jumps on Benny for not defending Ari. Ari understands that, you know, Benny was just trying to keep the peace. She also knows that Benny is struggling to express himself because of the language situation. Um, Ari does say that she never received an apology. All right. So do you think that Ari is being incredibly unsupportive of Benny? Because this seems to be the reason, at least what Jabri says, the reason why they're not going to make it. He seems to think that as soon as Ari gets on board supporting her superstar husband, that this uh, this relationship's going to thrive. I mean, OK, he's never going to be a superstar. Like, we have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's. 31 he hasn't had a fight in two years Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a fight scheduled right now yeah like he can be in vegas all he wants he's he might you know win a few fights but he's never going to be a superstar right Right. and the 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 amount that she's kind of letting him get away not letting him letting him indulging him Uh in this fantasy that he's actually spending a lot of money and time pursuing is actually really supportive (laughs) like i don't think you could find Literally anyone who would be as supportive of this right now as she is. Right. And I also, I think, like, if you, it's like, Jabri, have you been watching this season at all? Like, their problems are not specific to uh, him wanting to have an MMA career. Which didn't even come up before this season. I know. He was a musician and a dancer. and like. Yes. This is not their issues. Now, if anything, I mean, I think Jabri is really narrowing in on the argument where Ari got jealous about his sparring partner. But let's be real here. That is not MMA specific. If he were to, let's say, just be hobbying, like playing tennis and he had a tennis partner, she would have the same kind of... Uh, uh, you know, jealousy, because at the heart of it is the communication. It's not the fact that it's MMA anything. Well, I mean, yes and no. It's a little bit worse because her legs were literally wrapped around (laughs) him when when she came in. But yes, the idea that it was like, you knew that would be something I would be interested in knowing. Mm -hmm. You've been using neutral pronouns to avoid letting me know that this is a girl. Like, that's what I'm mad about. Like, is, is that omission? I just, I actually am kind of, a little 
kind of hopeful for this. I think this stupid long distance kind of husband that sees each other thing. I think this is kind of their thing. I think it could work. I do. For them. Yeah, I think it works for her. I mean, okay, I think it works for him because we've already seen that he kind of lives his own life and, you right, know, right, right. just does his own thing. I, I feel like the way she reacted when she had left uh, Benny in Ethiopia where he got the party house and all the people in and out of the house, that wasn't good for her. So I definitely feel like she's really anxious. And as much as everybody jumped on Ari for um, blocking Benny, I understand where she is coming from because I feel the same way. Now, granted, it's not the same situation, but I feel the same way when I break up with people. I automatically block them. And the reason why I do is because I don't want to be messaging that person in a moment of weakness. I don't want to know if they've been messaging me. So I'm not constantly, you know, checking my phone. Like, do they message me? Do they message me? And I feel like Ari has that same kind of anxiety that has her, you know, like constantly messaging him and bombarding him and then feeling that rejection when she's not getting the same back in responses. So I think it's just like that's how she needs to deal with it is she just I don't think it's the distance part why she blocked him. I think it's just the anxiety of is this person going to message me back? Like, you know, I keep on messaging them and, you know, I message them 10 things and I get one thing in response. I think it's more the anxiety she's trying to manage here. Yeah, but I, I also feel like she wouldn't have to manage that anxiety if she didn't just <laughs> run off for three months. Right. Like what was supposed to be a week and she's gone for three months. Like, what the yeah. hell is that? Yeah. That's the part that got to me that like they didn't focus on. They focused on the blocking, which is like. You know, kind of her way of technologically keeping herself from messaging yes. him a thousand times, right? Sure. I, get, I, I get that. Um, but yeah, to me, it's like, wait, why don't we focus on how you straight up just left the country, went back to his country without him yeah. for what was supposed to be a week and stayed for three months with your son, who you right. specifically moved to the U.S. to avoid the situation in Ethiopia. Like – I'm I'm very confused here. <laughs> yes, it does give me deja vu vibes. Like, I'm sure this is how it went down with Leandro. Like, she yeah. just kind of was like, oh, I'm going to travel for a little bit. And all of a sudden, a few months later, and she comes back and she's knocked up and has a fiance. And he's just like, what? Because, I mean, if you recall, like, he claims they never officially broke up. They just kind of had, you know, started leading separate lives that made it so she didn't come home. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So maybe it won't work. But I think we need a better gauge of what relationships are going to work and what relationships aren't going to work based on who said something to Jabri in this right. specific episode. Because yeah. apparently that means your relationship is doomed. Did you say something bad to Jabri? Yes. You are going to be alone. You are going to die alone. Your He's relationship has no energy. He's going to put a hex energy. on your relationship. Yeah. And, he's, and as we know, as we found out, especially toward the end of the show, He's always right about who's going to stay together and who's going to break apart, break up. But before we get there, let's go back to Jabri because we had an actual segment about the guy this time. And I say about the guy because I think even in this whole tell-all, Miona said like five words. So even though we had been talking about him for all this long-ass time, it's not until like more than halfway through the episode that we actually get to them as a couple. So they're currently living, quote, in the Palm Springs area. And looking to, like, travel more and spend more of the year outside the U.S. Jabri wants to put off having kids so they could be creative nomads. I'm going to be laying on the stupid sarcastic talk 
very heavily while I read this. So, which he also takes this as an opportunity to vamp about how adventurous he is and how I'm so thankful for this woman on the red carpet adventure, blah, 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 blah. So he says the the whole attempt to live with his parents in South Dakota kind of backfired and they should have moved straight to L.A. I put again in quotes because they're not in L.A. When she got there. Uh, So... Um, anyway, they want to bring up the friction between Mahala and Miona, so they show us a clip montage of Mahala throwing shade at Miona. Sean then asks if he really believes that, um, you know, not enough time to get to plan or to travel was the reason they refused to attend the wedding. Now, he doesn't really answer, but he just said that it hurt. So Miona says that she tried to get them to come too, and their lack of attendance was really more of a protest over them not having a big family wedding. So his parents also declined to participate in the tell-all, and he hasn't seen them in six months. But one person that did not refuse to participate in the tell-all, surprise, surprise, was David. So he comes out now. So Sean asks how things are with them, and David says that things are always intense. But Miona added a distance that had not been there before. So Jabri says that he had to put the band at a distance because they were they were weighing him down, man. They were holding him back and weighing him down like, like an anchor. So they were just dead weight and last time they were on tour and he was just carrying everybody through everything. So the wow. band was giving him stress and Miona was releasing it. So David wishes that Jabri would have, you know, said these things at the time. He's salty he found out about their engagement and wedding both through Instagram. So Jabri, Jabri says that David wouldn't have come anyway, so what does it matter? And they continue these circles of, you know, basically blaming each other for you started it. No, you started it. No, you started it. Until Jabri just gets up and walks off on stage mumbling about how this is some bullshit. So backstage, he just needs to cool off. And once all he wants is for David to be happy for him. But instead, he's just jealous of his light and shade. I don't know. But I get the impression that David hasn't reached out in a long time. And he's he, and Jabri thinks he's just trying to come on stage and make himself look like the good guy, even though mm-hmm. he hasn't made any attempt off stage. So eventually he comes back saying he just wants to have his friends and family support and be happy for him. So we asked Miona if she feels responsible for breaking up the group. And no, not really. They were <laughs> like already breaking up without me. So Kobe agreed. Kobe, though, thinks it's 100 percent on Miona. So David adds in a new wrinkle about Jabri breaking some kind of commitment he had to the band and he broke it to go with Miona. And there was like no communication. So they ask him about it and he just says, I didn't follow through. So it seems like there actually was something there, but we don't get details of. So David says that Jabri is just too unreliable for the band to work and that the friendship might be salvaged, but they have to give it more time. But Jabri says they could mend the whole thing right now if David just admitted he was wrong about everything. So he's looking for lots of words of affirmation. And as soon as David says, well, I was wrong about Miona, he like gets up and they have a big dramatic hug. So on the way out after the show is over, after the episode is over, he says that, you know, Ari and Benny and Bilal and Shida are toxic um, and that, you know, because other people are so worse off, he maybe he has less work to do on his relationship than those other assholes. Oh but anyway, like light, speed, like energy focus, adventures, whatever. So, OK, I was thinking about it putting this way. We got to him. And like I said, I'm talking about him because Miona didn't say anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I thought that was really weird. Is he the fakest person we've ever seen on the show? Uh, yes. Everything about him is super fake. Yeah. And and, and just for him to be – and it, it's funny because he always goes off on being genuine and being things. And he's just right. so fake about everything. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little too quick for him to all of a sudden be like, oh, he said the magic words. All of a sudden, I feel great about this person now. Let's hug it out. And I mean, granted, like, I'm not saying you can't, you know, have an apology mean that much to you where you do have a change of heart. But you can't be that angry. Just to, like, flip it on a dime. Yeah. Yeah, for that long, just be like, oh, you're, you're my brother now. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, he, he just is living this Instagram life, right? Yes. Yes. And that's, like, all so. he's doing. And, and it's just – that's kind of the direction that I feel like us and I think a lot of people who watch the show are like, I don't want people like this on the show. I don't want people like no. this who are just trying to increase their follower count so they can – you know, I don't know what I don't know what random MLM he's going to get involved in, but it's going to be one and he's going to try to parlay his show into a big MLM business. Maybe it's her makeup business. I don't know. Yeah, I think they talked about her trying to start like a beauty line of like makeup and things like that. So I could see them trying to like repackage something cheap, you know, and uh, resell it and things like that. But yeah, I I am frustrated with how this show has kind of gone the way of um, influencers. I think it – and it's not that I believe that they are not a real couple. I do believe that Miona and uh, Jabri are a real couple. I actually really mm-hmm. like her, but maybe that's because I feel bad that she has to deal with such like a crazy energy. And she's just clearly along for the ride and just like, I don't want to look bad, so I'm not going to say anything, right? I'll let right. you yeah, yeah. look bad if you want but that's not what i'm trying to do so i'm just gonna sit here and be quiet that's very much the impression i get from yona um but yeah i just i don't like it it just seems like such an attention seeking energy and it's like that's to me that's the whole tell-all jabri like pay attention to me yes no, whoa, whoa, somebody, we're talking about somebody else. We got to bring oh, the no. attention back to me bring now. Bring it back yeah, to yeah. me. I'm yeah. going to give my opinion. I'm going to make a controversial statement here to bring it back right. to me. Well, and he does some of my least favorite things about when people talk and they say something that they think sounds profound or they mm. think sounds things. But I'm like, what you just said didn't have any meaning at all. Like, you're dimming the light with the energy of the energy. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. You didn't convey any ideas with the words that you said. Yeah. Yeah, he is not my favorite. And uh, who else isn't his favorite? Uh, Emily and Kobe. So we see some footage of Emily giving birth to their daughter, Scarlett, and a small montage of family pictures, which brings tears to Emily's eyes. She says she loves her family so much, and she's thankful that Kobe could be there for Scarlett's birth since he missed so much time with their firstborn, Coben. Kobe got up front and personal with Scarlett, meaning like all the way in the hoo-ha, as she was being born, (laughs) and his only comment was, he doesn't do well with blood. Emily shares that she had her placenta freeze-dried and put into pills, and she's been taking these as somewhat of a hormone replacement pills. She is uh, plugging that, uh, the benefits like losing baby weight and uh, increasing her breast milk. Uh, Guillermo says that he won't be cooking placenta in their kitchen anytime soon. Kobe says that they haven't had sex in over a month, even though Emily seems to think it happened like just a couple weeks ago. 
Kobe says it's been about four to five times since Scarlett has been born. So clearly their sex life has definitely uh, suffered. Shida throws some shade and says that Bilal is king of not getting anyone pregnant. So, you know, take that as you will. Later, Lisa and David, Emily's parents, a video chat. They are still living with Lisa and David. Emily claims to help out with things like the groceries. Sean then asks about, you know, Lisa and David's sex life. David claims that the house is soundproof, so it's all good. Lisa says, then says that breastfeeding uh, needs to be normalized. Ari still breastfeeds for soothing, and Avi is about two and a half, and Binyam says that in his culture, that's normal. Sean then asks uh, what David gave Kobe at the wedding. If you remember, there was something kind of wrapped up in a little, uh, like, handkerchief. Kobe doesn't want to share what it is, and it causes Kobe to be emotional. Uh, But it seems like the immediate family is all in on this secret gift. Later, Kenny and Tim talk to Emily about parenting and ask how it's going. Uh, Emily thought she would get a lot more attacks on this tell-all. She says that Jabri was coming at people and that just rubbed her the wrong way. So she wasn't a huge fan. Uh, she felt she said she felt the most connected to Thais and Kara since they're both pregnant. And then she was most surprised to see how small Ari and Benny are in real life. All right. So why do you think they even brought up this gift uh, that David gave Kobe if they can't even say what it is? I mean. They could have, right? I think it's one of those things that I actually thought that was really sweet. Um, it was that, very sweet. They should just edit it out. I don't want to. I, I don't like questions that are unanswered. <laughs> just edit out that whole part. They could have. I, I don't know. I think I, I. I definitely think it means like it, it is helpful to know that 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 da- that David has enough a close enough relationship with Kobe that he did give him something actually very meaningful and very touching mm-hmm. before the wedding and i think it's okay that we don't know what that is cuz it's n- that i would just I- rather okay not with, know that i'm okay a with thing. secrets I- i'm okay with secrets like that cuz i, I kind of feel like one of those secrets are good and they're sweeter because i feel like if you knew what it was it wouldn't it would be stupid you'd be like dumb why are you even doing that yeah why is it even a secret exactly i don't know but i it- it's like the briefcase in pulp fiction it means more when you don't know what's in it I don't remember that movie, but I think that would have bothered me. <laughs> well, then don't watch it again. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it was just fine. I mean, it, I, I just – I thought it was really sweet and I thought it was especially – it made it like even more sweet that all four of them were like, no, I don't want to – we don't want to say. We don't want to yeah. say what it is. Uh, so what did you think about Emily on this tell-all? I mean, Redemptive? she – I don't know because it, it definitely if you have a short if you have a short memory, then she came off really well in the tell all, yes. all things uh-huh. considered. If you just looked at her behavior on the tell all, she was I don't know, I would say a non issue because I, I definitely appreciated that she was mad at the same people we were mad at because yeah. a lot of times we don't see that. Like a lot of yeah. times we're like, oh man, I can't wait for the tell-all. They're going to get so much shit. Everybody's going to jump down their throats, and, and then, then like everybody so takes their side. Yeah, yeah and you're just like, what? Quit being so supportive. No, <laughs> that get person's on terrible. Jump on them. Yes, and I think Emily did kind of get away with it because Jabri took up so much air. Yeah. Right. So I think a lot of her stuff kind of went unremarked on. Right. They didn't even bring up her other ring. Right. Like, I think she was expecting way more hate. You know, she's like, yes. oh, I dodged a lot of bullets today. 
Yeah. Well, she, yeah there I were no she bullets was. to be had. No, well, there was. And I think Jabri just jumped in front of all of them. He was just like, <laughs> I'll take all the bullets. Give them to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. I do think it's funny. I do think it's funny that they have the, um, they, you know, they're, oh, it's hard to have sex with kids around. And then, like, their parents were like, no, it's not. We do it all the time. Yeah, it's fine. soundproof. Like, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's funny because I also think they were just like, oh, we're afraid we're going to get pregnant again. So we got to, like, really take it easy. <laughs> Yeah, they probably should, like I have, right? I have I have a few solutions for them, but God. All right. So, um, oh, I guess I just have Bilal and Shida. There wasn't a ton with them. So during Kobe and Emily's segment, Shida does throw um the big time shade, as you said, saying like, "Well, Bilal definitely knows how to not get people pregnant." <laughs> um, so she implies that they definitely do it often enough for that to happen. But she's now she's thirty seven and not knocked up. So the rest of the cast. Jumps on him a bit. They kind of warn him that, like, listen, if you're going to have the kids and she's 37 and it could take years, you really got to get on it now. So Bilal is worried about how when you have children, it, like, limits your life options for that moment. So he really wants to take his time and think about it, you know, not running out the clock, just taking his time. So they disagree on who was the one, like, who had said they wanted to have kids when they were dating because each of them claimed that they said they wanted kids, but the other one didn't. I don't know. It's the whole thing. So afterward in the green room, that's pretty much all we get from him. Um, Emily comes in to apologize, um, actually, for not standing up to Jabri when he, like, said that they had bad energy and wouldn't work out. So Bilal was really surprised at how he came across in the tell-all. Like, he said he didn't think the other cast members would think he would – they thought, oh, there's a good stand-up guy. Best, He's a high-quality guy. Right. Um, And he did not expect to be attacked as much as he was. Yeah. Um, But then, like – it's weird because oh, I, I do kind of get it. Shada just makes a big play and is like, oh, no, I love this man. And he's so he's so amazing. And they have no idea what's going on. I'm willing to work hard to, to get these things to work out. She definitely is like one of those people who's like, no, I'm allowed to talk shit about him. But right. Y'all need to shut up. <laughs> right. Yeah. That seems to be her kind of her kind of defensive energy. Um, But uh, I don't know. We kind of only talked about the kids here and like. Do you think he's do? I mean, do you think he's doing anything special to not have the kids? What's going on? I don't know because we got conflicting reports, right? Because he even yes, said, "Like oh, I have super sperm," because you know he seems like that kind of guy who needs to throw it out there that it ain't his sperm that's the problem, right? Right, it's right. Either yeah, sure. Their, uh, prevention or other. So yeah, I don't really know. It is interesting because we didn't really hear much from him, and I thought it was pretty evident that he was starting to see that people don't view him the way he views himself. And so he definitely shut down. It was like he was scared to say anything because of how it could be interpreted, how it could be twisted. And so, I mean, we even saw this kind of at the tail end of their segment last week when Shahida was there. He was just kind of like, and when he got called out by Patrick, you know, for throwing his sales tactics, he just kind of started to shut down. He was like, well, you know, I'm not going to say anything. So then you can't twist this you know and so i it definitely you saw this very like subdued Bilal. it was very weird and uh, that is not him no but but that's the thing is he he kind of surrounds himself by people with people he can overpower and he can mm-hmm. kind of he doesn't dominate them in, in an aggressive way but he does right. dominate people and like right. when it was people on the stage that weren't about to be dominated by him he did not know like how to react except like you said to shut down yeah 
Yeah, so it was very weird to see him like that. I mean, I I honestly, I truly hope that he will take some of this to heart and think about how he talks to Shida, uh, Shida because it's right. pretty clear that she doesn't like how he talks to her a lot well, of times. Well, and time. it's, pretty, it's also pretty clear that it had a lot to do with his first divorce. Right, yeah. And so, I, but I mean, I think like... He, it's one thing coming from her and he's probably like, well, that's your perspective. But if it's everyone else's perspective as well, then maybe it's sure. something that we could afford to work on. Right. And just right. how he generally treated her, how he kind of talks down to her, how like he kind of just, I don't know, like browbeat her into doing the what he wanted, which was like the um, the prenup, you know. So it's just kind of like he very much gets his way. And so I really hope that he takes this season and people's reaction to seeing him and realize that he isn't always right and that everybody has something that they could work on to be a better person because he seems like the type of person to say that like oh yeah i'm always striving to be the best version of me striving for excellence yes i'm an excellent striver right but not actually doing the work or believing that he really needs to be better yeah, totally. I mean, I also I mean, they're going to be back, right, mm-hmm. for HEA. And, you know, the classic thing that they do when they do bring somebody for HEA is to switch who's the who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could totally see them kind of maybe he is learning. Maybe he did figure out how to get a little bit better and she's being immature. But right. I don't know. I, I don't think you can just change on a on a on a dime like that. And I feel like once it gets back to the situation where he feels like he's in control. Because he just mm-hmm. felt like he was out of control. Oh, he, yeah. He couldn't control the narrative. Yeah. Right? No, absolutely. That, that he, he'll he kind of go back to doing the same stuff. Okay. Uh, let's revisit this HEA thing because I didn't see any previews. So who's on HEA this uh, season? Oh, it's not good. Um, oh, gosh. Please tell me Jabri is not on it. No, not Jabri. No, no, no. Oh, thank you. Okay. So we have Angela and Michael, Libby and Andre, Jovi and Yara. Ed and the, you know, the single life person he got, Liz, Liz. Jenny and Samit, Kim and Usman. And then I thought they added um, Bilal and Shida. But I have to check that out. Can we just skip this HEA? It's not good. It's not good. It sounds awful. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, that was my first reaction to these couples that are going to be on HEA. I'm not excited about any of them. Maybe Yara and Jovi. Just kind of see how uh, their life has evolved with um, their daughter being a little bit older. But anyone else, I'm not looking forward to any of these people. No. And it's only because of like Yara. Yara's entertaining. Like she's funny. I think she's funny. Um, Other than that, I don't like anybody. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a fan of anyone else. I don't need to see the same old because, I mean, it's like these people have had multiple seasons. This, This is at least four or five plus we're talking about. It's the same shit. Like, you know, you yes. can try to Andre have, as, Yeah. They have nothing new to offer me. Family Angela drama. has nothing new to know. offer me. Yeah. 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 So we know it's going to be the same shit, different season. So, I mean, Kim and Usman, I think, are the only ones that are newly repeated. Go on, Big and Ed. Well, not really, because they've had two seasons of single life with the two of them. 
So, I mean, this is their third season. So it's just like. Of that, if the people watch Single Life, I don't know. I never watched Single Life. So I wouldn't, I didn't, I don't know that. For, so, to, so if you're just going by what's been on TLC, then that's mm-hmm. newish. Well, Single Life is airing on TLC. Oh. Well, it was yeah. before. I mean, probably not too much fanfare because most people had seen it. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. All right. We got one more couple. Okay. Uh, oh, yes. We got our, oh, gosh. The I texted you right after. <laughs> I was like, WTF, what just happened? Okay. That being said, I finished, you know, I thought the show was over. I didn't even take notes on the little clip they had at the end, but we'll get there. So we see a clip <laughs> of the first dinner with the squad, and Tatiana is the guest. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Muhammad and Eve. Um, well, Eve, she hopes that this will be some kind of resolution uh, and hopes that they can either move on or part ways. Mohammed asks if Tatiana thinks it's normal to talk about sex and she starts to respond. But then Mohammed immediately cuts her off to clarify what he's trying to say. And then Tatiana snaps back and is like, you're not letting me speak. Mohammed then says that he has now a lot of American friends and talking about sex immediately just isn't normal. Tatiana defends herself and says that with that particular group of girlfriends, talking about sex is the norm because they actually met through Tantra. Tatiana says they didn't mean it like how he took it and they were just trying to get to know him. But then Mohammed, you know, asks if she figured out anything about him and if he's good in bed. Eve says that she empowered Mohammed later to speak up and say he's uncomfortable talking about something if he's asked questions like this. Eve then points out that she has no idea that Mohammed was even a virgin until after they had had sex. She had assumed many things based on, you know, Americans and American culture, including her ideas of people and premarital sex. Tatiana says that Muhammad had every opportunity to say that he was upset because they had to, to try they had tried to check in with him and say, are you OK? Is everything all right? And he acted like everything was OK. And then it comes out in this tell all and then, you know, the clips of his interviews that he really wasn't OK. And in this tell all specifically, he's coming out aggressively. Eve also claims that she didn't know he was upset either. Tatiana then brings up the other sponsor situation where uh, Mohammed basically said that if she wasn't going to get the paperwork in time, he could find another sponsor. Eve also, com- uh, sorry, mm, Eve also claims she didn't know that he was upset about all of this. And then, ta- oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Jabri tells her to chill because he sees true love between Mohammed and Eve. And, you know, <laughs> he knows exactly who's going to make it and who's going to not make it because he's always right about these things. Tatiana thinks that Mohammed's ego needs to be in check. Mohammed was ready to say something, but Eve tells him to just calm down. Tatiana says that they just try to vet Mohammed, and Eve says she loves these women and she calls them her soul sisters. Mohammed appreciates the soul sisters for the supportive friends they are, but he ultimately disagrees with how they tried to get to know him. He expected different kinds of questions. He eventually gets up to offer a handshake to Tatiana as they give each other a hug and supposedly resolve everything. Backstage, everyone seems to side with Mohammed. Tatiana then wants to talk to Mohammed, you know, away from the group and says she apologizes and just doesn't want him to be mad and points out that, you know, eh, we may have asked those questions, but you called us stupid. Uh, 
So going forward, Eve and Tatiana want them all to be cool and they all hug it out. All right, that's where I thought it ended. But then we got after the tell-all, the title card, (laughs) that apparently Mohammed had been texting with another woman and saying things like he was going to see a divorce lawyer and that as soon as, uh, you know, things were settled and figured out his green card situation, that he would be off to see this mysterious woman. And Eve uh, saw all of these text messages and they don't actually say, you know, what the status of their relationship is other than it sounds like they're both working on it and Mohammed learned his lesson and that you know this other woman too bad so do you think that this is gonna last do you think Jabri really knows what no of course not like I'm pretty sure they're I'm look I'm reading out I'm pretty sure they're actually officially broken up at this point yeah like Mm -hmm. um and they just couldn't say anything about it until after the tell-all like there was definitely lots of like suspicions and things flying around social media but like I think that's where it's at because, like, seriously, the text message, like you said, were very much like, ah, as soon as I have my green card, I'll get this divorce handled right. like, and we'll come to you. Like, yeah. And it's, and it's crazy that we talked about all of this stuff that was in their story, right, of mm-hmm. um, of oh, inappropriate things and asking them too much about sex and the squad and the thing with the with the plumber and too much. And, like, the storyline they try to juice most of the time, is he just here for the green card? It was the yeah. first time he was really just here for the green card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they just didn't get it at all. Right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think the turning point for me where it's like he is just – it was the whole other sponsor situation, The other sponsor, right? yeah. As soon as he mentioned the other sponsor, like, even to the – at the mosque, like, to the – at the community center or whatever. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I can find another sponsor. It was like, oh. Do you know how this works and how important is this to you? So, clearly, you're not here for love if you're just looking for another sponsor. Right, right. And he tried to make, I feel, some things about like, oh, he wanted like a Mm -hmm. co-sponsor because of financial reasons, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I think that was the way Jabri put it. Like, you know, similar to when we had Nicole and Azen, right? Her mom had to sign on with it because Nicole didn't make any damn money. Well, we have a couple other situations. Remember Tiffany and Ron, same situation, right? Right. I mean, at least in the application, she asked her stepdad or her dad. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And so so it, it, it that, that's plausible, but he was like, it didn't sound like what it was. And now it sounds like, well, it very much sounds like Jabri doesn't know what the hell he's talking about in terms of what relationship no. he's going to make But it. did we ever think he knew what he was talking about? I mean, oh, I – Obviously not. Obviously I didn't not, think no. so. But it was funny because that was that was to me the whole time I was like, are these people really going to get married? Are they really going to get married? This looks right. awful. Like, well, this was the couple that we had said almost from the very beginning. This is a couple that should not get married, you know, yes. and not even necessarily because of this. I mean, I didn't foresee this specifically happening, but they come from such different backgrounds, and it was just like they were completely clueless about the other person's expectations. Of, you know, even how they were going to live their life together. That it's just like there is no way that these people can get on the same page. They're not even in the same book. No, no. And like it's it's crazy that she looked past all like Mm -hmm. the red flags and like you're not you're not find the first person that he's texting with either. 
Like that yeah. doesn't make it, that doesn't pass a sniff test either. So he's just been doing this the whole time. Like he's right. not in it. I mean, and quite honestly, I just never, they just never seemed like they like had that love for one another. You know? Right. I didn't, they didn't seem to have that. And, and, and people, some people, I don't know, I kind of blamed it on his conservative, mm-hmm. um, that's you know, true. how conservative he was. That it was like, oh, maybe he just is not comfortable like displaying affection, especially right. on camera. But sure. yeah, there was nothing. There was like, it, it seemed very cold. Yeah, definitely. All right. So because this is the last episode with all of them in, we get. Power rankings this time. Power rankings, yes. Yeah, so I will up front say that I had to do some last-minute shuffling after this uh, new information came to light. (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like my ranking is going to be all over the place. And quite frankly, I will be upfront and honest that uh, I tend to have short-term memory so yeah, recent, I def- recency bias. Yes. yes. So definitely, uh, you know, what's been going on the tell-all has influenced my ranking. So, um, but I'll try stick with what my immediate thought was. And uh, so who is your number one? Uh, my number one, that being the best person, the person mm-hmm. I like the best, yep. uh, was Guillermo. I also went with Guillermo. He had some legitimate concerns. He didn't, you know, he, you know, Try to get advised from people. He, he, I don't think he did anything that was somewhat questionable this entire season. No, he stayed. He was calm the whole time. He was like, I don't know. He did a couple of things that were like, oh yeah, you're young. Like just to remind yes. you that, that he's young. Right. You're a bit um, immature. Sometimes sure. you're a bit immature, but other than that, no, he was just good the whole time. Yeah, I thought so too. All right, how about your number two? Number two is Kobe. Okay, not too far off for me. Yeah, so Kobe, I thought was, I mean, good. He had the. The one questionable thing I think he really did was going along, kind of going along with temperature, going along to get along with the, well, women in Africa, an African oh, man, are in charge of the house. And and then, you know, not being the most progressive person about the breastfeeding. But I think other than that, he just seemed like, you know, he really wanted what was best. He seemed to have a good relationship with her parents. You know, just pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my number two is Miona. Uh, Quite honestly, I feel like uh, if we look at just what Miona has said and done in this season and disregarded what Jabri said Miona would say or do, Miona's actually a pretty cool person, right? Jabri is the one who's like, oh, Miona is the one trying to break up the band. Miona is the one who's going to freak out if everything doesn't go perfectly. I mean, she had a couple of tense conversations with uh, Jabri, but I mean, for the most part, pretty stand-up person, didn't cause too many problems. I mean, the wedding was kind of the one thing she really pushed for for herself. But other than that, you know, she wasn't too demanding. Yeah, Miona was number three for me. So Kobe was number three for me. And the reason why Kobe was a little bit lower than Miona was simply because uh, Kobe did have that one outburst where he got frustrated with Emily and was like, shut the F up. You know, and but she, I thought she didn't, flipped But out. she needed to shut the fuck up. But she needed to shut the fuck uh, well, up. Then. <laughs> she was telling him how to shovel shit. Right. I, I think we all agreed that maybe he could have, like, said it better. Even though I, I believe that, you know, like, it was 
uh, I don't know. I, I sensed no, his frustration. I, just, I went. I and I went. This is just a, a personal preference thing. I just. I just did. I just. I don't like Miona's style. I don't like the way she looks. I don't like how she's like mm. trying to be this uh, Instagram influencer person with sure. the stupid overlined lips. It just bothers me. So that makes her <laughs> sure. a little bit lower to me. Yeah. Sometimes like that stuff. I think for me that kind of comes into play towards the bottom of my list too. It's like eh, I don't like your sure. face, so you get to rank lower. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about your number four? Uh, I went with Binium. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I I, I I struggled with what to do with them after the tell for the tell all. Mm. Like it seems like you know, with the exception of not standing up to his sisters enough, which I even think when this but at that time I was like, whatever, we're leaving. I don't give a shit. Like I don't have yeah. to deal with them anymore. Right for for Ari, you know, not, and. and, and you know, misleading about the, uh, you know, the, the lie of omission about the thing. He didn't, you know, he seemed to be in there trying to do what's best for the kid, you know, being a good husband. And then just kind of going along and getting along. So I put him mm-hmm. forth. Uh, my number four is Shida. Um, mm-hmm. This poor woman has gone through so much this season. And I think for the most part, I, you know, don't know anyone else like what kind of ideal reaction to these things that she went through right um hers is pretty close to kind of the best case scenario for those things and she dealt with a lot of Bilal bs so i gave her number four no so i have her at number five um yeah and i just just a little bit lower to me because i do think feel like she was a little bit short with him sometimes and Mm. also I do think it sounds to me like she said at one point, I don't want to have kids and then changed her mind and said, I do want kids on it. Yeah. Like, I I, I think that happened. Hmm. Uh, Okay. Uh, My number five was Eve. I mean, really, if I were to lump her with the squad, she would have definitely ranked lower. (laughs) Because I do not like her friends. But I mean, like, in hindsight, now that we have a little bit of hindsight, her loyalty to her friends is probably what's going to get her through this difficult situation. So, you know, I guess she played her hand well for this situation. Yeah. So I'm just one behind you on all these. Eve was my number six. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, mostly it was because, and she ranks lower because she seems like a very nice, genuine person. Yes. Um, she's number six because how do you not see that Muhammad's not a genuine person that you shouldn't right. marry? Like, that, yeah. how do you look past all that? that yeah. That's like the worst thing she did. Right. Okay, so my number six was Ari. Uh, you okay. know, Ari, she definitely had outbursts this season. Uh, For the most part, I accept that a lot of the things that she does is kind of just her personality and just I I don't even want to say personality, just like the her presentation. Right. That's just how she is. I do acknowledge she has a lot of anxiety and I think that really affects like how she deals with things. For the most part, she other than that one outburst, there was nothing that really stood out to me. That, you know, she had really done anything. And quite honestly, I applaud her for dealing with Jabri the way that she did during the tell-all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ari's a little bit lower for me. We'll talk about yeah. it when we get to her. <laughs> yeah. So um, seven, that's what we're on. Number seven. Yeah, I haven't said my seven yet. That was right, – Ari my, was my number six. Ari was number six. My number seven is Patrick. Okay. Um, Just because, I don't know, he tried. But the really – the biggest thing that took him down was when he threw money at her. 
Oh, like gosh. that one time he threw money at her. He would have been way higher had he never done that. Yeah. He seems to try to be navigating this difficult situation between his fiance and his his thing. And, and then he, I thought he dealt with her dad as well as he could have. Yes, that's true. Right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my number seven, I wanted to kind of keep them together because I kind of say, saw them like kind of on the same level was Binyam. Uh, the thing mm-hmm. about Binyam is kind of what everyone had attacked him over for me was, and this kind of goes back to, and I think I've said this before when we've had him on power rankings, it really bothers me so much that Binyam is so avoidant of conflict that it's creating more conflict. That an- right. like That annoys me like in life when people are like that. When they're just like as extremely as avoidant as Benny. And that's why he's a little lower than Ari to me. Because at least Ari, I feel like, yeah, she comes at it sometimes in a maybe not ideal way. But she's attempting at communicating these issues to try to resolve things. Binyam isn't even trying to do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're on eight now. Eight. Yeah. My eight was Kara. Oh, mine was uh, Kara as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just. She's just in the middle. Was, I mean. She's just in the middle. She was condescending yes. to him. That mm-hmm. really, that her, the amount of condescension she had. And also the fact that she dated get Chris dude, like who couldn't go. Had to keep seeing him. Yeah. I put her in the middle because it did kind of feel like very mommy, like a lot of times, like their relationship. And yeah. how she kind of treated him. But for the most part, I actually really liked Kara as a person that uh, actually cared to learn the language. I'm like, good job, Kara. And but wasn't Patrick. she, didn't she, wasn't she already there learning the language when they met, yes. though? Yes. Okay. But she she did pretty good. So, yeah, Kara I had as number eight and number nine I had as Patrick. So, good for uh, eight and nine for learning the language. Sure. So, nine is where I put Ari. Right. Mm-hmm. And I put her a lot lower because of the 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 the, the crazy outburst with the, at the MMA gym, like was yeah. not cool. Oh, for um, sure. yeah. Um, and then honestly, she moved down a few spaces at the tell all when she was like, oh, this guy who's constantly worried his family's going to abandon him. <laughs> um, I just went to Ethiopia for what I said was a week, but we just stayed for three months and I blocked him while we were there. So, yeah. Like that kind of moves her down to that moves her down to me. Um, that that's kind of like a weird step out. Yeah, but it's also kind of funny how she wasn't wrong when she was like, "Oh, Binyam didn't even notice that you know I blocked him," and it's like, "Oh yeah, he didn't." So to me, it was kind of like, "Well, I guess all's all's well that ends well if you can't like figure out that someone <laughs> you can't blocked even tell. you." <laughs> yeah, it just it it seems like ex- exceptionally flaky, and it's. Maybe it's a dad. I was like, I don't want – don't tell me you're going to take my kid for a week and take him for three right. months. Yeah. What, what is that? That's that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like our bottom five is the same but likely different order. Probably. All right. We'll see. Okay. So my number tw- uh, 11 – are we on 10? 10. Okay. 10. My number 10 is Thais. So, okay, so it was mine. Okay, yeah. so Thais, there were things about her that really bothered me. Um, you know, just how she's trying to get rid of John off the bat and how she 
you know, wouldn't tell her dad. And yeah, that's the biggest thing to me. Yeah. yeah. And there were other things where I feel like she just didn't do the best at communicating with Patrick. And I just remember we gave her dunce so many times at the beginning of this season because it was just like, oh, my gosh, you're just doing these like annoying things. And I get that there needs there, but I feel like and I don't know, maybe it was a language thing, but she just did not approach getting what she wanted in like a constructive way. Yeah. And I just feel like a lot of the time she just ended up on the wrong side of what was right Right. Yeah. The, the dad thing is the biggest one. Like, mm-hmm. how do you not how do you do that? How do you keep that secret? That's ridiculous. That's putting you way down there. Right. right. Trying to get him to kick out his brother without understanding the, the nuances of the situation. Mm-hmm. And then things like being really mad about this party where she met her best friends. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. These are my American friends. What did you know? Oh, it was that party that I was pissed off at John for holding. It's like, huh. So maybe he ha- maybe John does have some good ideas sometimes, right. doesn't he? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, how about your number 12? 11. 11. So my 11 is not what I thought it would be before the tell-all, and it's Emily. Same! Um. Yeah, (laughs) I was was very surprised because Emily was just a spoiled brat. She seemed to get whatever she wanted. She seemed to be playing her parents and ruling the roost uh, when it came to her family, like her immediate family, and with the Kobe family. That she was Mm -hmm. building. Uh, But I mean, at the tell all, granted, no one was coming for her. So I'm sure we didn't see kind of that defensive side. But I I agreed with her position on a lot of things. Um, You know, she didn't attack anyone. Um, you know, she called out Jabri, uh, maybe not to Jabri's face, but I also appreciated that apology she gave to Shida and Bilal for not standing up to them. I think it, it was, it was sweet of her to consider their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think she came off a little bit better. Now that to be said, she's still in our bottom five, (laughs) right? Because she did a bunch of awful things during the season. Um, that that and it's uh, it's funny, but like I said, the some of the worst ones didn't even get come up. Like they did mention the you know taking him for sex before bringing him home to Coben, right. but they didn't mention the ring. Like they didn't mention some of her weird expectations about things and how you're right. She was very bossy about a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. that didn't come up. But man, some of these other people. <laughs> oh gosh, we're worse, right? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see if we uh, see eye to eye on the last three here. Uh, who was your number 12? I mean, I, I think I wanted to go lower, but Jabri. Okay. Um, Jabri. I mean, I, we spent the whole time talking about him. And it, it was not just the tell-all. We have the recency bias from the tell-all. Mm-hmm. But the way he acted on the tell-all kind of tells me, oh, that's why all these relationships are strained. I get it. You've been an asshole this whole time. Yeah. And we just haven't seen that much of it. Right, right. Uh, so my number 12 is actually Muhammad. Um, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, uh, maybe he should have been lower when it came to the actual things he did that were actually hurtful to that, other people. And that's where I had it. He wasn't as annoying of a presence on my TV screen right. as Jabri has been these past two weeks. Yes. Yeah. But, but granted, what he, yes, yeah. what he did was probably the most hurtful to any partner on the show. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and not just the cheating thing. 
you know, like the whole like oh, sure. wanting to get another sponsor, like um, you know. Well, uh, and also that that part where he where where she was like she was like, but I want to have a nice wedding and I, mm-hmm. I want it to work, and he was like, I don't care about these things. Right, these are things sure. I don't care about. Like, that's yeah. just. So hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. So being hurtful. Okay. But Muhammad was uh, my number 13 or no, 12. Uh, He was my number 12. Uh, Jabri was actually my number 13 uh, because I just, uh, he was such a villain on this tell all. When it comes to the actual like season, I found him to be very annoying. Um, Sure. His dumb fight with David when they were in the studio, that was also not winning any favors. The number of times he's so just like corny and cringy and like, Mm -hmm. he's a very, very corny person. Yes. Like, um, and that that, that did not help. But this kind of put, obviously Vitello put a whole other edge on it. So. I mean, th- th- we had those switched. My 13 is Muhammad because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I-, I just think that what he did, especially at the end there, just is hurtful enough to the partner that it puts it puts him a little bit below just my mere annoyance at this person's <laughs> presence. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought Jabri was hurtful to other people. But not, yeah, but not his partner. I mean, yeah, one- not his partner. Like he was pretty good to Miona. But I mean, like running around telling couples that they're not going to make it. I know. I'm never wrong about these things. And then yeah. the couple that clearly shouldn't be together. Oh, you're going to make <laughs> it. I can tell true love when I see it. It's like, oh, my <laughs> God, idiot. That's true. Right. However, that means we both have the lowest person. Yeah, we <laughs> agree. One. Bilal, he <laughs> is Bilal. a t- terrible partner. I mean, quite honestly, he just gave, uh, you know, fatherly you know, tone this entire time. Uh, mm-hmm. It started off on the wrong foot with this whole prank, which it's like, I feel like I would even respect this slightly more if he just would be real with everyone and be like, this is a test. You know, like I wanted to test her. I feel like I would at least like one level above like his whole, oh, it's a prank. It's like, who are you fooling here? But no he, also, he always prank. says it's a prank, but also it's a test. And that, that why? Why are you trying to make those two yeah. things? Those don't go together. Like pranks are not tests. Tests are not pranks. It doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah. And I think he knows that it comes off a certain way if he says it's a test. Right. He comes off as this like suspicious, untrusting uh, partner and that those aren't good qualities. And I think he knows that. And so I do think there is this whole element through the whole season of him trying to, uh, you know, be very intentional about how he comes or his image, you know, yes, on this show. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, but it's, but we're, it's so transparent. We can all, we all saw through it from day one, like what was happening here. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. And like and it's like the little things. He was consistently awful. Like you remember yeah. the part where they went to the way they went to his mosque and after she did the little playful head tap mm-hmm. thing, he got yeah. completely just ditched her and like gave her the silent treatment the whole time when she was supposed yeah. to be meeting people for the first time. Right. Like he's just yeah, it just and that the condescending attitude of like of moving around and doing exactly like the sales pitch thing of overcoming yeah. objections or whatever. It just yeah, it was just it was frustrating to watch all all season long. Right. And I think he really truly thought that he could control the narrative and when he realized yeah. that you know like people weren't buying the narrative that was, you know, 
being given to us, that's when he shut down and he was just like, all right. All right. Yeah. I'm okay. just going to sit in this All right. corner if that's here. What you guys, if that's what you guys, if that's what you guys if think. If that's what you okay. think, then you can think that, you know, it's like, yeah. well, <laughs> it's like that kind of attitude. You're just like, oh, exactly. gosh. Yeah. All right. So that was our power rankings. Uh, did you end up having a life lesson? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I kind of, of all things, came from Emily. Like, and it's one of those things, that, like, if you do feel bad about something, yeah. Just like any other communication, say it. Like, say it out loud. Yeah. Like, it, it really does mean – it doesn't mean as much as it would have if you actually did sure. what you said you should have, should have done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it does kind of serve as an acknowledgement after the fact. Right. And that's what a lot of people want sometimes is to feel like they're heard or understood by other people. So I do agree with you that, you know, just a simple apology or an acknowledgement of what happened really goes a long way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So my life lesson has to go towards Jabri. You may have opinions about someone else's relationship, but unless specifically asked, and I would say even by these, the person themselves, keep it to yourself. I mean, no one was asking him. Sean wasn't asking him who he thought was, you know, going to stay together and who wasn't. Keep that shit to yourself. No. I mean, it, that's the thing to me is it was so obviously just him lashing out at yeah. the people that, that angered him. Right. Like that, yeah, not 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 the appropriate thing to say. All right. So um, do we have HEA starting next week? I believe we do. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be back next week with the uh, same old new. Yeah. So same old, old couples. Old people. We'll be we'll be another we'll, new same season. people to bitch about all season long. Yep. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, I'll try. Well, hopefully, hopefully yeah. Now. And hopefully we can make it a little bit more fun than the actual season is going to be by <laughs> bitching about them. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to brainstorm, think of something. <laughs> right. All right. Um, okay, until then. All right, see everybody then. All right, okay. bye. Bye. bye.